You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, Welcome to the Smoking Word. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back. The Smoking Word is back and brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. You know the drill. That's my merch store. If you want to support the show, it just look good. That's the spot to go to. We're celebrating 2021 by making every T-shirt $21. So stop being cheap and go support the movement. That's the spot to go. You can also enlisten. This is very important. I know you hear it from everybody, but we finally got our Patreon up. And for a lot of you dinosaurs out there that were like me, I'm one of you guys, but I'm a, a futuristic dinosaur. But um, the Patreon is a way you can invest in the show. If you don't know, this thing ain't free to put up web hosting, these microphones and all that good stuff. We all do this to, you know, not just me, but everybody who does it on the gorilla level, does it out of pocket and for the love of the game. So, but now if you want to invest in the show, we offer four different tiers. You invest a certain amount of money and you get exclusive content from the show. You get advanced, you know, um, screenings of shows and content. And I'm going to be taking everybody backstage. All my patrons are going to be taking that hidden ride backstage when this thing starts cracking open. So that you get something for something. We ain't about taking something for nothing. So invest in the show. You know, um, you want the show to keep doing. Um, you can also follow me at Hoya Rock 357 on Instagram. I keep you up to date with everything Madball, everything Casa the Rock, and of course, everything Smoking Word. And you need to add the Smoking Word podcast on Instagram. Add it. Do all that good stuff. If you want to contact us, you got any questions, any shout outs, you want to fucking curses out, you want to get, you know, you want to get, you want to have us basically hunt. You can email us at the Smoking Word Podcast. Here's up if you want to know anything, any questions for the show, or you just want to get down with the get down. And also, again, once again, shout out to Warlock Cabs in Massachusetts. We got some more info coming very soon on that Hoya Rock ass shaking boombox. But if you want some custom cabinets, go check them out on Instagram. And all that good stuff. And again, I told you on the last one, but we're back with this week's. Yo, shout out to the to the and shout out and welcome to the fam. Once again, the hella hot hot sauce fam. And this week I started getting busy. I said, let you know, let me let me get really gritty and bring it to Florida with this one. So I've been rocking my brother's Florida Frank's hot sauce from the hella hot hot sauce fam. And let me tell you. This is the one you got to do when you want to, you know, if you want to sweat, if you want that Florida heat, this is how you do it. Frankie basically put Florida in a bottle and um, the fam at Hella Hot Sauce made that shit taste good. Me, I did this shit on chicken breast. I advise you do the same. And for you vegans, you vegans, throw that shit on your, your, your tofurkeys or whatever the hell you eat, you're eating nowadays. But yo. Shout out to Hey Bree, shout out to Frank, and again, shout out, go check them out. Hella hot, hot sauce. They're homegrown. They're no fucking um weird fucking ingredients, all natural fucking goodies from Mother Earth. So you know the deal. But um, again, I want to thank everybody who's been following it. 
following the podcast, watching us build. As you can see, we're trying to step the game up with the YouTube, with the visuals, with the microphones. A couple of the past episodes, we had shitty audio. I know my microphones got fucked up. So we had to wait for something. We had to wait for some microphones to fall off the back of a truck. Let's just leave it like that. So now we're back with the microphones and little by little, we're building this fucking family up. So I'm glad everybody came along for the ride and everybody out there. I'm, if you, I'm, I'm, I hope you heard the last episode with the, the, the Axemen of the Underground. Yo, shout out to my brother, Vinny. Shout out to my brother, Matty Henderson, and shout out to fucking Lars. You know, um, the godfathers of the game. Yo, shout out to all my Axemen out there. I'm planning to do a couple of more um, 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 segments like that. We did the All About the Bass. You know, we did the Axemen of the Underground. And just wait, you drummers, I didn't forget about you. And all you vocalists, you see, you singers always up front and get everything first. Now you're going to have to wait. But I got something planned for everybody. So enjoy the ride. And this week, I said, let me let me step it up again. And let me bring a little old school flavor and mix it with a little new school flavor. I don't know if it's new school flavor, really, but you know what I mean. But, yo, this week on The Smoking Work, we got Walter from Quicksand, Queens in the house. Let's set this shit off. Studio guy. You're a studio guy. You should know how these things work. I'm horrible at this. <laughs> You'd think, dude. To be honest, I'm one of these guys that you think would know all this shit, but I don't know anything. Uh, it was funny listening to your uh, the bass one with uh, with Craig. I'm like on that level. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's like one of the secrets that I'm proud to let out to the world that um, not everybody is fucking um, Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix or uh, Jacko Pastoris and all uh-huh. these other famous um, long name people. You know what I mean? I, I li- admire those people. I dig them. I would love to do what they do, <laughs> but I am not there yet. Oh, I don't think I'll ever be there. I got like toes for fingers. So yeah. for me, it's like playing with my feet. That's how I play. I just never got, I guess you just gotta, I mean, I have spent time where I've like dug in and try to get better, but you have to have that attitude. You have to be like, I'm just gonna play guitar not to just like, you know, you play to just be bored, you know, just like hang out yeah. or something strikes you that you gotta get out through the instrument. But there's another mode of playing of like, I'm playing to get better. I'm playing to make my finger stronger, Yeah. my, um, you know, dexterity better. And uh, I, I am not disciplined in that way once in a yeah, while. I fucked up on that part on all of that growing up because right away, I never worried about that. I was just, I jumped in um, playing an instrument to be in a band. So I didn't have a bass, you know, and then jam out. I was basically uh, my big mouth. I said, oh, I could do that. And they were like, all right, then do it. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to do it now. So right away was like, okay, what do we do? We got to write a song. So I didn't really come up learning anybody's songs or having a favorite player, you know, not till later. Cause I just had to do it. Cause I was like, okay, my brother wanted to play bass. I opened my big mouth. Uh So, so I just kind of jumped into the songwriting part. You know what I mean? And that's what kind of like, that's the thing about you that I, you know, I, I, that I like, and I could tell, you know, um, we're going to get into that more later. The, the whole looking at the big picture and writing songs and all that shit. 
yes, because yes. um coming from where we come from, people just think it is guerrilla music, hands yeah. down. But people forget that um you know we evolved from these similar animals. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's um um there's a we 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 made techniques to how to put the square peg through the the circle hole. You know what I mean? For sure. I think we kind of write like our own kind of uh, set of, of like we make up our own sort of rules for like why this is good as opposed to like playing into like, you know, like the guys we mentioned, you know, Jocko Pistorius or Jimi Hendrix, like those guys are setting their sources of inspiration. I think the cool thing with the kind of music and, and I'm like you, like I just wanted to play in a band and have that experience. So it was about songwriting and about creating that. And then I'd figure I'll get better as time goes by. You know, it just didn't come to me quickly. Like how to, I tried to learn, you know, um, Jimi Hendrix uh, riffs early on, you know, just as a place, yeah. it just, I got my own little shitty version of them, but I quickly changed into like, what kind of songs do I want to hear? Like, how are we going to get me and my friends to like from this garage to the next yeah spot, you know exactly yeah yeah exactly it's like um more the the the, the mission at hand than exactly then um I'm, I'm dialing into exactly who we're trying to sound like it's like exactly you you know that's the great thing about the scene that yeah. there's a place for it you know you like there's a place for you to find yourself for sure you and know? you set your own rules within your band it's like you listen to i mean the the first, the first thing that comes to mind is AF. I mean, they've had like such a long career and I think that they go, they have had actually a more diverse career in some ways and people would maybe give them credit yeah. for. But um, you think of like their first seven inch, like United Blood, like that thing's amazing. But if you were to like listen to it as like, I'm a you know, musician oh, or whatever, it's like noise. Be, it's garbage, yeah. but, but it's because they created their own rules and their own context, you know, in a way like, and they put, you know, their heart and their idea of like, the, they, they pushed it to the limits of what their ability was to express an idea. And I think that that's what is cool about hardcore gives you that entry level where you can just do it like that. And then eventually you do get better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like eventually, you know, by doing it, that's just what happens. Now, now, was there anybody? We're gonna we're going we're gonna do it backwards, kind of, because yeah, yeah, cool. this is yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm whatever, because this is this is a shit that I'm interested in, because I'm all about the songwriting. I dissect music in my own head. I got a billion theories that may be real or not, but I'm yeah. constantly listening. I can tell this influence, and like even with like Craig ahead, we always texting each other different theories on just sounds and and that, and we and I dissect. I learned, I became, I was able to learn the bigger picture way later. And that was because of playing with Maddie Henderson with AF. Yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. Before that, I was a riff guy. You know, I wanted the, the groove riff. I was into that already, but I didn't, my ear wasn't there. Maddie schooled me on, listen to the big picture. All right, we're writing a song, you know, pay attention to structure. Okay, if this is a chorus, blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad I had him and then, Right away, ever since he pointed that out, I always made my brain think, okay, pay attention to the song, not just the riff, but the yeah. song. Yeah. You are all about writing songs. I, I can tell that without, I don't have to talk to you. I could tell from what you put out that is thought, you know, you could think, I could tell sometimes you think of a vocal line and you could think of the riff or vice versa and you could put it together. Yeah. Did you always were able to 
look at big picture and place it or did somebody or you had somebody that you were like, oh, I'm trying to do what he does or somebody maybe guide you like I did. I ha- I'm lucky I had Maddie Henderson. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess I had, um, I mean, your initial guides are the people that you want to imitate. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, there was like a bunch of bands that I got into as I was learning how to play guitar and, um, you know, in my friend group, you know, the person that I learned with, like, what was he into? What was, what's going to yeah. make him, what's going to make my, my bandmate laugh? Yeah. What's yeah, going yeah. to make my bandmate go, Oh shit. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You start to dial into that immediate audience, that direct audience. I never thought of that. Yep. Like your boys, like what makes your friends laugh and what makes your friends go like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's like a conversation in that way. So I learned from that. Um, I learned from my influences. I think as I got, you know, I discovered hardcore. I was into all kinds of, I was into like ACDC, classic rock. I liked all kinds of different music. But when I found hardcore, I really just jumped in both feet, got into it. So I learned again from, you know, initially, like again, to reference AF, like they were my favorite band kind of in the big picture in the early kind of thing because they just had this body of you know of work that you could look at that had that consistency and like that there were certain kind of things that they did consistently but with um different twists on it so that you could sense a pattern and you could sense a structure and um you know even if it's just like it goes fast it goes slow yeah it goes fast it goes slow it's over like but there was a formula. Yeah. So you, so then you try to like, maybe initially try to make it sound like that. It obviously doesn't sound as good as their shit because you're imitating it. But eventually, um, you know, you get better, you get better. I really, I learned, I would, um, as to like make songs that I kind of was looking to those people. And also you learn from your audience because your audience like Gorilla Biscuits, we're starting. I thought we were we were a cool band. We we were friends. We were, um, you know, most had a sense of humor about it. I was drawn yeah. from a bunch of different stuff. But then when we made our first recording, I was like, "Fuck, we're gonna be on a compilation. If our shit isn't good, that's that's gonna sting." Yeah, you gotta hang. I gotta hang with everything. Yeah, I want. I we don't. I mean, I'm, I love to be the best band on this thing, but we can't be one the one that everyone like this shit sucks yeah so i really just edited down and then i think from that song people reacting to that got a better sense and also you know in in when i got to join Warzone, youth of today uh i was in death before dishonor i was in outburst i was in yeah, all these crazy. bands playing with them so i'm learning from those guys gotcha yeah you yeah you were around it a lot and i was about and i and i was thinking about it the other day and I have you taught. I need everybody out there to hit me up if you got somebody better. But I have you as the runner up next to Craig on yeah. the guy in the most bands in, in, this, in the New York hardcore scene. Yeah. Well, Craig's an inspiration to me. I mean, if, if first Craig was first off, I saw him play. The first time I ever seen him play was with um, Straight Ahead uh, opening for Youth Today. And they were in Youth Today, too. So they did <laughs> crazy. Double- yeah. And the band that opened for them was sick of it all with Lou and Pete. And um, it wasn't Armand. It was this Asian guy. Dave, Dave. That was my brother. My, my brother's best friend was Chinese Dave. Okay. Yeah, yeah the original. That's the original lineup. Yeah. I saw. And Mark uh, Goober. Who Goober. Was, 
I, you know, such a cool, funny guy. I don't know if he was really like a big bass player, but. Yeah. Wow. Gooba. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Gooba. But he was awesome. He had great vibe. So anyway, in that show, seeing like uh, Craig just had such fucking energy, man. And, and just he was just so um, and he was like a skinny kid, like reminded yeah. me of myself. And I was like, fuck, look at that guy, man. He's ripping it. And uh, and then when I met him, you know, you know, Craig for so many years, but like just meeting him the first time, he was just so cool, man. And like so like encouraging. I mean, we were the same age, so it wasn't like, but he yeah. was doing yeah, it. He yeah, he was doing it. Yeah, that's the same thing with all you guys to me. Like, you know, um, guys, are some of you guys might be a little bit older, not much older. But, you know, when you're 15 and the guy's 18, there's a big difference. And when we're going to the show and the guy's on the stage, it's still, no matter what anybody says. Of course, we love hardcore because the, we know the whole thing. The guy on stage is the guy in the crowd. But still, yeah. even in that little stage, you're on that little stage. It's still a little stage. And it's new to you. Yeah, exactly. To, like when I was going to hardcore shows, like I was coming off of like the year before I would have I went to see you too. And that show blew my mind. Yeah. So now I'm like yeah, seeing it, this where I can climb on the stage and talk to the dude that's doing it. Yeah. Like I still had that reverence and how... I don't know how we we're just talking about Craig, but just he's cool. Yeah, so, <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He'll be so, listening to this. So, um, yeah, he was just. Uh, oh, yeah. So being the most in the most bands. So anyway, yeah. yeah, Craig was in Youth Today. And um, when he left Youth Today, I replaced him. So were it not for Craig, you know, I mean, my experience in Youth Today in terms of like learning how to write songs, how to experience the world, because they were at that time on a yeah, different they were doing level than everybody fans in the scene. And I got to experience that firsthand where Craig went on with AF and did his, his path has been amazing, but he, I'm sure he would attest to the fact that like, when you're playing with these different groups of people, they all have their own chemistry and they all have their own reasons why they work. Yeah. And if you're, if you're like staying, it's like when you stay with your, with your, your cousins for the summer, you know what I mean? You learn that family's, Yep. Sense of humor, you, you, it becomes part of you and you can apply it to your own path. And, and so I, that's been, I've been lucky and always down for that, those experiences. And, and, and with, out of the, you know, I don't know how many bands that you were in before, let's say the known bands, like you played it, you know, was the Gorilla Biscuits the first band doing it that you were in? Not, you know, yeah, right. It was Gorilla Biscuits. That started with, uh, to like be in a band, you know? Yeah, exactly. To, it's to not a bad, ba not a bad band to start with. <laughs> just to say, just to say, my opinion. I wish I started with Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> fucking shout out to Siv out there, you motherfucker. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, for I sure. Last week I told him I was going to be on your podcast, and it, you know, Siv doesn't. So I never, you know, how many requests I get, I never do any of these fucking. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got to say yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course I have fun with in certain people. Again, um, even why me, you know, I had this podcast a bunch of years ago, but, you know, technology back then, I needed my sound man to help me out. It was a big deal and it was hard to, and he, he lives in Germany and it was hard, but um, I always liked the idea when people would hang out, you know, they'd be backstage and we're all talking shit. And then some people were like, wow, I could listen to this forever. And yeah. I was like, and then the podcasting was getting popular and I was like, well, I consider myself a black belt and shit talking. Let yeah. me do this, you know? So yeah. I had started doing it, but then it was hard to keep up. And then 
you know, that's one of the good things of this pandemic bullshit that it lit my fire to restart it. And technology with the Zoom shit is so much easier. And um, and it, and, and it gave me a reason to like, OK, you know, I went back to listening to records and going, who would I like to talk to? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And then you go back and and we need this now also for the movement, for the whole scene, for, you know, as it is, you know, um, the hardcore scene survives with nobody's help, you know, yeah. with nobody's help, but yeah. its own help. Yeah. And right now, this 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 whole pandemic or whatever is killing a lot of shit. We can't we can't let this shit die from that. So that's why I'm all about the podcast, the live streams, the, you know, the everything's yeah. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, I, I, I hear you, man. I think we, you got to fill that that void, you know, and I, th- I think, you know, I have complete faith. This shit's going to, you know, the people that are into this, I mean, it was like you said, it's never had help from the outside. It's yeah. always about the people that are that feel it, that get it. Some people, it sounds yeah. like garbage. It makes no sense at all. And that's cool. But um, I think in this time, like uh, it, it is really a help and it, and it keeps the life going. For sure. And you know why is the, the right time more than ever? You know, um, there's people like there's people like you. There's people like that that came out of the scene. There's people like us that also that still, you know, been in it and got to, you know, a lot of us got to do um, things beyond hardcore, even if it's um well, other bands or even yeah. with our own bands, but playing different types of bills and getting on different types of magazines, yeah. you know. When everybody gets to like, you know how many people I meet and you and for sure, I know it's the same for you. You know, you, you, you know, with the other band, you go into some industry meeting and you find out some guys like, yeah, I love Gorilla Biscuits. You find yeah. out these hardcore kids are sprinkled everywhere. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's amazing. It's because it's, uh, you know, especially, yeah, my generation, you know, it's like my our parents or my parents, you know, or parents, parents, like they had like vietnam or like world war ii or like you know these these things that bound them together or like you know that kind of shit like we have hardcore yeah you know this is the the kind of thing where it's like if if i if this person's into hardcore like they might be into some other completely walk of other walk of life i know that there's a commonality that it speaks to like really diy like independent thinking um taking shit, like just doing it, like not waiting for someone to give you permission and understanding like that things can be, you know, especially going into corporate world and, and, you know, through music, I got to experience that being in like a big corporate kind of situation and how like, especially early on, um, they couldn't figure out how you could make a record for less than like fucking Uh $300,000. It couldn't be done. It's crazy. But meanwhile, you know, we yeah. know you can make a record for nothing. You know what I mean? If you have heart, you have good songs, you're into it. And um, and I think that, you know, our generation, my, um, you know, yeah, but like the people like me and you are still doing it, right? Like yeah. we're still out playing. We're still involved actively on the musical side. But a lot of people that saw our bands early on that were part of the scene, like obviously they went oh. off and did their lives. And they're all over society. And those are the people that I think have a leg up because they always see those opportunities and they always see those possibilities where other people, you know, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just, maybe they didn't come across it. They would, you know, they would have their job because they went to school X and yeah. the degree and they learned in that kind of formal way. 
Whereas like hardcore people are learning way broader philosophical ideas through doing. Yeah, we, we get our hands dirty. Hardcore kids get their hands dirty. Yeah, dude, you want to make it, do it. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And I know this for a fact because, you know, my brother was the, the, the hardcore guy and the metal guy in my family. So I, as a kid, I grew up with hip hop, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll say this as a hip hop kid, and ain't nobody in hip hop as a little kid thinking about booking a show, making a flyer, you know, nobody, because it's not that type of scene, you know what I mean? It's, you no. know, and an even in metal, and, and this is, this is the, one of my, um, my theories in my, my, I don't know where you put it in my, one, one of my many thoughts on music yeah. and my concepts. Like, this is the, again, the beauty of hardcore. If, 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 if there was, if we were, if music was a school, um, metal only goes to fifth grade, first to fifth grade. Right, Hardcore, right. you got first to college. You have every you 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 could you could build up from day one to to you know you graduate in metal. You have battle the bands, or you got to hope you get booked on the national act. Yeah, and and there's no scene there. There's a scene, but it's it's a different kind. And I love metal. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different kind of scene, and that's why. A lot of metal guys jumped into the hardcore scene because they had somewhere to work out. You know what I mean? Let me yeah. go play a medium show. I could book, I could play every week, and it ain't a church battle of the bands. You know what I mean? There's a place. And a lot of metal bands came into the scene that way because there was somewhere to play. And yeah. and I was glad for the mix, you know. I agree. Like I think um the other thing is that, and and it's like a you know in life too, like you think like, um, oh, you know, you have some idea in your mind of like what you want to be or what you want to get, right? So so I when I get that thing or when I'm that thing, like you say in a metal idea, like I'll be happy when I'm playing here, yeah. look like this with this kind of surrounding around me, right? So if you don't win that battle of bands or get that, you know, uh, investment or something like that, you're just living in this world of like trying to like have this thing that like you, so fucking likely won't ever get. Whereas like in hardcore, even if I play like a shitty show, like in fucking some whack place, like I'm in the van with my friends, we're gonna go there, whoever's there, we're gonna be like, especially if there's not a lot of people, we're gonna fucking meet all these people. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a time and it's gonna be on us to make it good. And all the things that happen within that experience are valid, whether it ends up, you know, to me, it was like, when Grill Biscuits first played CBGBs, I had pretty much detained my all my goals. Yeah, we're pretty much like I was going to say that my <laughs> goal was first thing was in the back, yo, play our first show, and then I was like, yo, if we could play CBs, I'm done. I could play CBs. Yeah, forget well, what else there is to play. Like, so, so you're no longer like trying to like attain this like ideal, and you're just basically enjoying the ride more, and you're more in, yeah. invested in those experiences, which is actually, you know, when you talk about living life, like that's living life. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time like I'm sitting in a, in a van or a car or a bus fucking bored watching this thing, like th that even, that is a fucking thing, you oh, know, to hell yeah. like, as much as like when you get off stage and everyone's like, yo, what's up? It's great. And, and you're, you know, after the show or, or you know, the show goes shitty, like all this stuff, man. Yeah, it's all. I, I literally was just talking about it the other day about the moments of exactly this. The show is one part of it, but it's the whole thing. Like, I missed 
you know, those days in a van, bus or whatever, you're driving and, you know, everybody's in a good mood. You, you headed to the show. You got at the hotel or whatever. And you're going to do that truck stop and everybody's up. Yo, OK, we're going to get that's like the best feeling. You know, you're talking shit. Yeah, you're having a convo about something. You're talking as you're getting out the van. And like yeah. those moments, I'm like, I love those. The weather's nice. And you're like, yeah, just yeah, being. So like it doesn't, I don't need to be validated. And I think in metal, not to beat up on metal because metal is like a style. And I, I know so many people that came to hardcore through metal that have yeah. heart and like, you know, yeah, that's just how they got exposed to music. Like, I don't know, I just randomly ran into hardcore. So, um, you know, like, and I think with hip hop early, early on, I think there was some people that were that yeah had the right and i think new york was very intertwined with hardcore in the yeah, 80s absolutely that, i mean when new york in the 80s you know obviously you have that early like kind of africa bombada like and then like run dmc has some 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 traction obviously um but i mean you, like first priority records like all these like record labels that were happening in new york city when new york fucking owned hip-hop were all like just entrepreneurs yeah from, like, like, like Rush, you're right. You're like Def Jam early. They had that mentality of out the, you know, out, out your fucking dorm room selling records. And but yeah. in all fairness, Rick Rubin was around and he knew what's up with the punk rock maybe, shit. Maybe he he definitely you'd have to give him some, some credit in 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 creating that. You know, I mean, Run DMC. I mean, we, you know, we'd have to go back and watch the documentaries. Yeah. But I definitely think that that obviously hip hop once it kind of hit where it was the you know most popular the music i think there's something about um i think a lot of that was lost you know what i mean because yeah. it just was like yeah. okay why the fuck do i want to like start my own record label i mean you know maybe now it's it's probably more like that because there are so many like more um kind of like little brands of of hip-hop that you could be into like it's just more diverse it's less like massive popular culture there's like yeah you know, there's a whole bunch underneath it. But I think with hardcore, I guess, getting back to the main point is that you have that kind of, just that, that adventure that it laid out in front of you. And, and it's for you to, to take it. Like you may never get paid. You may never get um, rich from it. Pro I would bet you fucking never will. But, <laughs> exactly. but what, is, what, what is life about, man? It's about living it. And yeah. it's, about, it's about friendships, relationships, and, and like, for me, it's about travel and communication, you know? No, it, it's hands down and it, and it sounds corny. And if you would have told, yeah. you know, me 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, you know, I don't want to hear no fantasy, hippie fantasy shit, but it's a fucking fact. Like what you said, like, yeah, you know, um, financially, things could always be better. Things yeah. could always be worse. But definitely if we're able, if you're, if you know, especially the people like us that we were able to survive you know, doing music like as our main job, like I, I believe me, I, I've learned in the last 10 years of my life to really look and, 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 and be grateful because, yeah, OK, I don't got a Mercedes Benz. I don't got the mansion. But I said I, I, I got a bed and a meal for me and my family anywhere on the planet whenever I want. I said millionaires don't have that. They got to pay for that. I get people that open their doors for me and would love you know, just I said to have that to be in touch with that many people and them to let me in their house where their children sleep and their family sleep and where they eat. That's big. And I'm like, you know what? 
you know, like my, you know, my mom's rest in peace and all our parents will say, you know, you're rich, you're love, but you know, I feel that shit in, in that way. That's you know? real. And, and also what you're saying is to, to you know, I mean, people like get, people, people can't even get out of the gate to figure out what it is they feel passionate yeah. about. You know, that's really, really sad. I, yeah, I mean, and it's not even like necessarily their fault. They're just like the, the, the thing, like I don't look at it as, a, it's just good fortune to figure that out because a lot of people just never come across it. They're not born in the right time, born yeah. in the right town, you know, uh, don't meet the right person to like even understand how many, you know, I, and I didn't even, I knew I loved music, but I didn't get into this thinking like, I'm gonna build a career in music yeah. and tour the world and do this. That's just, I'm too like lower middle class to like think in those terms, you know? So I was like, it just kind of happened. And I see like, I always wanted to travel. And the fact that like, that, it, you know, guitar playing and you know, all this kind of shit led to like, you know, really, really amazing friendships around the world. And I've seen the world through, through eyes that like, you can't, I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and stay at a nice place and have a great experience. You know, anything could be paid for, but like I go to these cities and I've seen them from all kinds of far, far out angles because I know yeah. the people there and I've had, exactly. and when you're at a show, especially hardcore shows, you're usually drawing kind of some maniacs. Yeah, absolutely. People that got problems, people that, <laughs> absolutely. People that, people that are looking for something to, to ground them at, at the same time as something to like, let them fucking feel free. So, I mean, you're seeing the world through a pretty special lens that I don't know, to some people it's not interesting. So I'm not talking about it, yeah. but you know, I feel like with no, you- No, no, it absolutely is. To me, being a hardcore kid, it's, it's really, it's a superpower. It's like you're an X-Men because it's more than metal. And again, this ain't about shitting on metal. People no. know I love metal. I'm yeah. a I'm a metal guy. I love metal and all that, but about you you know you could walk by somebody with a Metallica shirt, he could still look at you and disgust. You walk by somebody with a AF shirt, a breakdown shirt, and you and you say, "Yo, what's up?" He's gonna be like, "You know this," and it's it's the bond is way fight. deeper from jump because it's sub level to the devil. You know this shit's like the bottom of the bottom where we yeah. come from. So for anybody who's willing to even taste it, we're like, whoa, oh shit, okay, yo, who are you? And to yeah. this day, it's like that. I see, to this day, I was, uh, not too long ago, I was at uh, some some store and I saw some guy walk by and he had a, a, a Instead shirt. Yeah. I said, dope band. Yeah. I said like that and I walked by and he looked at me like, what do you know about it? And I didn't say nothing, I just kept walking. Yeah. And I was like, I got amped. I was just like, a guy that at Walmart or wherever the fuck I was at, you know, and I was like, I get excited still. And I'm, you know. Yeah. Same, same. I mean, it's always like, shit, I saw someone in Williamsburg walking around with a, uh, now I'm seeing sick of it all, but I don't think it was sick of it all. But yeah, I just get psyched. I just see someone walking by like, that's fucking cool. You know, if I, if I like was uh, in some sort of situation randomly on this block, if there was some sort of like crazy, a situation that transfixed. I bet. Listen, sick of it all. Let's go. And he'd be like, yeah, "Let's do this." Yeah, exactly. You know. You know, I I kind of would be scared up here to be honest because I'm I'm a city person. It's too quiet, and and I get a little it's, bit scared. It's a, you're a long way from and, Howard uh, Beach, my friend. 
There's no yeah. white trash people. Just, there's no hoods. Like, well, there's white trash, but maybe different kind of white trash. Oh, yeah, there's white, white trash. Exactly. And you know what's funny trash. that, because again, talking with Craig and I had Kate on not too long ago, I'm like, upstate is like the New York hardcore retirement, you know, area now for everybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's chill. I mean, you get used to it. Ah. I mean, I still live in New York. I, I love it. And, and, uh, and you know, the, the energy and, and people, you know, I, being able to see people a little bit more easily, but you know, maybe uh, I, I have gotten used to used to it up here too, man. It's a bigger house. I'm just oh, yeah. more space to like. Oh yeah, that's meaningful. That's why I came to Florida. You know, I love New York, but yeah. also like um, I, you know um, I wanted a better place for my son to grow up in, and mm-hmm. I wanted more bang for my buck. I want you know I wanted to you know I I wanted to look like. W- stuff that I, you know, back home, we thought, oh, that's for rich people. You know, yeah. I, I got a palm tree outside my house. That's that alone, I made it. You know, for me, yeah. I made it. Yes. It's not connected to a mansion, but I'm like, my son wakes up and when he wakes up and goes outside, there's a palm tree with coconuts under it. I right. said, better yeah. than the train station with the rats and the bum pissing on the corner where yeah. I live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love the peace. You know, I love yeah. that. Yeah, and, and Florida and New York, it's like, uh, it's the it's same shit. Shot. Yeah. It, it, I saw everybody, that's the Caribbean for New Yorkers, you know? Yeah. You could drive to it, you could still fly to it two and a half hours. It's the 101, your first yeah. trip for New Yorkers. Let's go to spring break to Florida. Yeah, there's a, that's an easy connection. And live down there now, too. So yeah. New York, so. Yeah. And- but, you know, I find like, um, Civ has a place like maybe 15, 20 minutes down the road. Oh, so that's dope. I, yeah. So if I want to like connect with people up here and I've met some more people up here, I'm not necessarily up here for that. I, I'm kind of up here to just watch the seasons kind of change and, yeah. and you know, just kind of have more space and, and some quiet. But yeah, no, I'm not scared of here anymore. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> Me? I used to be scared. Now I, I'm not I scared. still be scared a little bit. When that shit's too quiet and I hear shit, I'm like, <laughs> I need noise and bums and crackhead. I need yeah. Roosevelt Avenue. I was used to that shit, you know. Yeah, man. And yeah. Um, have you been writing music? I have, but not too um, not too ambitiously. Like just like more. I'll get a um, a sort of uh, some sort of riff will come to my head, and I'll just. I don't know if it's like this for you, but I'm very great. The fact that songs pop into my head because it's like such a cool thing. But it's kind of like an yeah. insanity, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because because I'm just walking around during the day trying to do something. Someone's talking to me. And, I got to pay attention to something. Shit in your head. I know that's me. And I've got gold. I've got gold. Yeah. I got to get it out. And then you know I probably have like fifteen thousand potentially gold ideas. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of insanity, but um, I've just been kind of entertaining that, letting them pile up, letting them pile up, but. You know, right, yeah. so, so let me ask you this. How, how do you okay, what's your what's your whole process? Like, okay, you know, um me for me, I me, I like getting lit. I sit back because I got a little bit ADD where it's hard for me to concentrate. I blaze, I relax, I won't I, and I'm not anal with my playing. I could just jam. So I'll yeah. sit back and I'll jam and just you know, I'm like till I come up with a, a pattern that's and I go, oh, that kind of that's pretty cool. Let me build on it. When I'm not lit, yeah. I'm like, that sounds whack. This is shit. I don't even want to play. Forget it. So for the last 26 years, this is what I've been doing. But yeah. um, I know, and I start like that. Oh, and then I, I, I build up and I record pieces. Do you, yeah. how do you build? And what's your whole process 
Is it the I same, the kinda, same every time? Me also. I kind of go, I go every which way. And I think like, um, it's, I think the, the struggle is like um, that voice that is saying, like you start inspiration, like whatever it is, like if you smoke weed, or, um, you know, you, you just had some cool experience that you're just jazzed from. So you try to communicate to, to me whatever, you know, someone says something that affected you and, and, and or whatever. Um, the struggle that I have is always like seeing that source of inspiration to the finish line because there's a constant dialogue going on. Yeah, that first part's it's not like you gotta keep yeah. working on that. And then, you know, then you could overwork that part or you present the thing to the other guys and they're like, the shit, they don't, it doesn't click or they're not playing it the way that you're imagining, they're fucking ruining yeah. it. And like these different like kind of psychological barriers to manifest oh, yeah. that vision that came out of you in, in, in a pure way. And I think smoking weed is, I think that that's, there's a lot of, that's your, your child mind is like- Free. Very important. Yeah. It's free. And, um, you know, and I think also, uh, you know, and, and it's all different for different people, but um, I think that's the main thing with, with that struggle of like, and I think with some people like who maybe have less talent, um, uh, if they're stronger in being able to overcome those things, we'll produce more and we'll produce things of, of, with the confidence to like, if you tell a story, even if it's a, it's a bullshit story, if you tell it confidently, it'll yeah. resonate with people. No, you And that's right. what, you know, so I think those are the kind of, that's the fucking level that, that, you know, once you kind of do it enough, because it's like, you write your first bunch of songs and they're kind of coming from this, yeah, again, child mind, those initial inspirations. Let's say you write 20 songs about 20 topics, some of them are like repeating the same topic from a different angle. Yeah. You know I mean? And then you kind of run through about the 20 things that you have to say and you got your style. So where do you go from there? Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And it, that's, that's the shit with me. Cause I'm, I'm always, I'm on that same thing and I'm always, you know, um, th th that's again, the songwriters, when you go into building, you cannot focus on one thing cause it's always linked up to the next thing you're doing you know how's it gonna work with this oh if we're gonna do this two more times it's gonna sound played out we're gonna have to change the ends of this and the tail end of that because we do it twice in the front oh forget yeah. it and that's important you have to you have to apply that editor's mind to it but it's not the same thing as when you blazed up and like came up with this riff that you thought yeah. was the thickest riff you ever yeah. fucking made up yeah that's always what it is you never like Exactly. Pretty good. You're always like, this riff is gonna fucking change. I don't know. For me, maybe I'm a little deluded, but like, this is the sickest riff I've ever written, or like, this is perfect for that. You know now, what I mean? Yeah. This is now. This is what I always wanted to know. Cause I, all right. Um. Um. Obviously, when when Quicksand came out, you know, um, I knew you were in straight edge bands. You might have been straight edge. I don't know what's the deal or whatever. But I know Quicksand came out. It wasn't a straight edge band. It was just its own band. When I heard that, I said. Somebody in that band blazes ah. because and the reason why I could hear it in the in the music and I'm and I'm gonna again my theories. This is I had this then. So right away, I'm a Sabbath fanatic. I said that's black Sabbath. Yeah. I hear the Sabbath swag, and what you guys have 
and I and and again, this is my this was one of my my theories for for a quick set the swag you guys you guys have a swamp swag, but it's not southern. Your swag was like if the Lower East Side had a swamp, yeah. and it had that Black Sabbath. I hear a little Metallica with the thing and with hardcore dudes doing it, and that's why I loved all those things. And the early, the first bunch of quicksand shows, the first bunch of into another shows, yeah. you know, whatever you want to go. We were at all those shows, yeah. you know, my all me and all my people, we were at all of them. You know, um, we may may have not fit the mold of the average people going to the whatever you call it, post hardcore or the guys that were in hardcore bands doing their other thing, bands, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We, you know, again, I'm a Sabbath guy and I always loved pocket grooves. And quicksand always had that. And I and I was like, one, I wonder who, you know, who they picked from. And I want to hear Sabbath, you know, and also, um, yeah, was it a conscious thing with those? Because you have it, you know, omission, that song, you know, I hear it, you know, that but, I'm like, I hear that Sabbath flavor and I like and that's totally those type of grooves I like where it's not a steady groove. It kind of got a little shuffle and a little stutter to it. Yeah, yeah, Man. of course. I mean, Black Sabbath, I mean, I think the stuff that was coming out of hardcore, like, you know, we, like our whatever group of people, we got really, really into hardcore. That's all we're listening to. But before we were listening to hardcore, we were listening to Sabbath, we were listening to all that kind of shit. So like, we kind of, artif you know, took this one really, really deep trip into this kind of music, like put our own little stamp on it. And then, you know, for whatever reason, for reasons like within our own experience of like, you know, where we were in life, you know what I mean? From the age, you know, 16 to age 20, like that's a, that's a pretty broad. Yeah, you know, for sure. That's a different time when you're 20, 21. That's when a big thing. You grow in, you know, every, every three months you grow at that age, you know, you yeah. so you're into different shit. So I think a lot of that stuff that kind of came out after that first wave of, you know, you, you're talking about quicksand or into another, like that kind of shit. I think there was some sort of like, let's mine what we were into. Like, let's take like classic rock shit and uh, put it together with what we know from hardcore. We learn how to write songs and we know how to move crowds. We yeah. knew how to like move a 500, you know, capacity crowd and make them all fucking like go crazy. Yeah. So that's something that Black Sabbath wasn't doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we kind of like mixed that those elements together and there was other precedents for us to follow too because you know we were looking to on the one hand like fugazi which is coming from this kind of like kind of reggae like more uh kind of um yeah an alternative universe kind of musical, like i think a very musical yeah. like um dynamic sort of thing but on the other hand there was like soundgarden and danzig because that's like exactly what i was going to say this a little soundgarden and, and, and again not that oh i hear those some of those those um, ingredients, you know, you can hear yeah, it with the Sabbath. Like, they're making, I mean, like Soundgarden to me, were like taking Sabbath and Zeppelin and re recycling, recycling it for like kids our age at that time. Because like, yeah, I mean, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath is music for like, you know, when you get in junior high, you get into fucking Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, you smoke weed, you hang out and, and that's your thing. But um, 
I don't know, it had kind of like ducked down for a minute while we were in hardcore and we weren't, you know, maybe Sabbath more, but you know what I mean? So yeah, no, I know. I get, emerging yeah. again to where it's like, dude, it's okay to be into Sabbath and be punk. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You get over that, those little, it is, you know, we get over those, those things that we think aren't cool when you realize that people don't even care. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go. You you go. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. And I'm um, fucking, um, now, nah, and um, we were saying, and so Sabbath. So, all right. So you got these, you, let me ask you this. Okay. What was the first, was the first quicksand riffs, the riffs that made it on the, on, on the seven inch, or was there something that didn't make it on the seven inch? Um, that was pretty much it. I think, I mean, it was, uh, omission. Yeah. Omission. I kind of had the, the idea for that. Cause I uh -huh. was thinking, um, that's that the song that put me on to you guys. Like, obviously I bet a lot of people, but that was the song that I was like, all right, damn. All right. And this is what I wanted to say before I forget, I was going to tell you that I want to thank you guys and guys that you know what it is back then we all we we always we were we always showed love to what we liked we never cared what anybody thought whatever it was if it was into another or if it was a sky show we were at whatever we liked it it didn't Damn. matter but i think at the time we we probably hated a little bit because you oh it seemed like all the straight edge guys were the guys doing the, the shit that we were nervous about doing, like trying that next level shit. And it just happened to be all the straight edge dudes. And we're like, man, these motherfuckers again. They're uh -huh. gonna, you know, and I think we probably subliminally hated a little bit on that, you know. But if it wasn't for those bands, the the quicksands again, then two another's, and again, these are because I love these bands, and even you know, the Sibs was like later on, the Hazen Streets, which we ended up doing even so many other bands wouldn't have been accepted because you had real hardcore guys like yourself and guys like Siv and guys like, you know, if whoever else doing these other types of music. So, it, it, you know, it was able for guys like us to come out of our shell and be like, yo, look it, you know, we could do that too. I appreciate that. I think, I think it's always that's that struggle never kind of ends. I mean, you're always like, you know, I don't know if, if it is, you know, I think it's always relative, but like, you're always still got to come up with something new. So if you're coming up with something new, I don't know, it behooves you to like, you got to keep digging deeper and digging deeper in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, either, either to reinvent the thing that people already like to keep it sounding fresh and not just like imitation of yourself, yes. or you got to draw from things that you haven't shown yeah. and you have to embrace the kind of which I think is just a life thing. You have to embrace the parts of, of who you are that maybe you don't want to share or maybe you don't want to look at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I still struggle with that. There's shit that I like, will hear other bands do that part of the reason I like it and on the one hand might be like annoyed by it is because they're manifesting something that I want to manifest. Yes. And it's like, almost like you're taking my idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're having fun with it. Yeah, you're doing you know? it you're doing it and that's inspiring, you know, or it could be like annoying, you know what I mean? Exactly. They're doing it in a way that, yeah. you know, for whatever. For me, for me, it was that same way, but I liked what you were doing, but I was like, and I didn't realize it was that to later, later on, because musically I was so in the shell, even with Mabel, because, you know, Mabel is always and will be that hundred percent, a thousand percent New York hardcore band, but it's that meathead with Gorilla, 
hardcore. And that's what we always will be. But we like doing it with finesse. We also take pride in songwriting and putting yeah. again, like showing like, yeah, these gorillas, we gorillas, but we got swag and and we're sophisticated gorillas. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that comes through. I think that's why you guys are not just like in the pack. You guys are like someone you guys are a band that people look to. I look to to like tell me cool. as a barometer for like, how does this shit keep going? How do you keep? Yeah, you Crazy. can't just keep, you know, obviously there's there's certain things about what you do. And I'm even though I've done a lot of different things, there's a certain process and a certain kind of quality control that is part of like the shit. Like if you come to my whatever band I'm doing, whatever project I'm doing, like you might not this might not be your thing, but you know that it's not bullshit, you know, yes. because, like, because and, and until it is. And then when it's bullshit, then you got to come back from that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, with you guys, like I was listening to one of your songs, I forget the title of it, it's fucking great, where you have like this whole reggae, like, yeah. uh, thing. The Rev like, Up song, yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. And like, how do you, how do you, but the, the guts of it are still like mad ball, but yeah. you're not limiting yourself. And that was what we were feeling at that time. Yeah. And still feel it, you know. Yeah, you know. exactly. And with that, and that thing, again, we couldn't have done that. 20 years ago, you know, uh, I'm doing that. Kind. People would have been like, what are you guys trying to do with this? I wouldn't have been. Yeah, you know, it, it, I know, yeah, you were, you were up on it before, you know, but a yeah. lot of people would have, and it was like, we always liked it. But again, now I didn't come up with like a lot of, a, a little bit older guys, like with the Clash, this Clash stuff that I like. Yeah. But what I love about the Clash is more the idea of the Clash, like, yeah, yeah, they did some reggae shit. Yeah, they were punk guys. They fucking yeah. play keyboards and nobody blinks an eye. And if anything, the OG punks and hardcore dudes love them. And I'm like, yeah. wow, they well, they did it right. And I go, all right, yo, that's dope. And then, you know, fast forward, you see this guy, you know, um, Buster Poindexter. Oh, he was in this and he comes out with hot, hot, hot. Yo, that was big. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm not into the song, but the guys right now all over the radio and he was playing CBGBs 20 years before that or... You yeah. know, I'm like, wow, I could connect the dots. That's guys in our world. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And but it took many years till I was in my 40s to be like, yo, dude, look at everybody. You know, this, don't be afraid, you know, to come out your box. You could come out your box, you know, and try other shit. And that's something I was going to say with you. You've done the acoustic stuff, you know, besides yeah. the quicksands and even yeah. quicksand manifested into more. Yeah, we're, you know, we're later records. I think you're always like, when you take those steps, it's just again like hanging out with, with 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 your people, right? Your family, even like you you would um, as you're developing as a person, there might be, you know, like hey, listen, guys, I'd want to tell you something. Like, I'm into the Mets. I'm not into the Yankees. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's yeah. gonna be a lot of people that'd be like, fuck you, I hate you now. And, yeah. Or there'll be people like that will be like, great. Now we can talk about why the Yankees are better than Mets. And you can tell me why the Mets and we can have fun <laughs> yeah. with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're running a risk when you, if people like you for some sort of thing, you know, you have a success with your record, you know, they generally, the expectation is I want the same thing. I want to have that same feeling again, that your record gave me. So as an artist, you're, you're aware of that and you, and I think depending on, you know, wh where you're at in your development or whatever, what kind of risks you want to take, 
you want to fuck with that expectation to some degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you don't, it just gets stagnant. You know what I mean? And you, and you just kind of, yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, sure. Like you're this thing and we love you respect. You get that respect anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't want to overstep it. Cause we all know that there's, especially in hardcore, like, Hardcore band will make an EP. The EP is real cool. They make an album. The album's great. Then they're popular and they're rocking out and they think like, oh, I want to go to some other place. They go to that other place. Everyone's like, fuck you. You're not hardcore. Now yeah. we hate you. Yeah, I know. Then, yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, nobody likes it. And that's what happened like on, on our last album that we did. And that's and I record you're talking about. It's our mo most musical album. And that was the whole idea of the album. Like I wanted to show, we wanted to show, yo, that, yeah, it says New York hardcore all over, but it's great songs, not just meathead riffs. And we wanted to push how far we could push us. So I, I we basically had, you know, a, I had a lot of these songs that I loved, but I wasn't sure if it was Madball because it was a little bit more, you know, on a melodic, a little bit more punk-ish. And I had these, but I loved them so much that I was like, yeah, I'm going to use it for something. And then um, Freddie heard the songs and Freddie's like, yo, what's that? And I go, oh, it's for my other shit. He goes, nah, fuck that. I want to use, let's use it. And I go, I don't know if it's Mad Boy. He goes, I want to use it so it's fucking Mad And I was like, you're right. And we did that. And I remember at first I was like, man, this stuff, I love these songs we're putting together. They're a little different. They're still Mad Boy, but I go, the diehards are going to talk shit. And I never really cared so much, but I was like, you know, we, like you, we, we were like setting the bar for ourselves and keeping it up there. And then I, I talked to, again, thank God, you know, my, bro, my brother Lars and, and, and Tim Rancid at different times. And I grabbed Tim and I, because I, I wrote a lot of these songs on an acoustic, which I never did, just, you know, corded stuff. And I go, yo, Tim, I got these songs on acoustic, but I'm not sure. I go, they sound dope, but I want to do them on guitar. I'm not sure if it's going to translate. He goes, yo, if it sounds good on an acoustic, it's going to come off on a guitar electric. So just bad. don't think about it. And then, all right, I said, cool. I worked on it. And then fast forward. Um, I'm with Lars at one of these Super Bowls, the B&B &B Bowls. And I go, Lars, I got, you know, we're putting out this next record. And every record for us is important right now, you know, to mm -hmm. stay, you know how it is, to stay breathing above water. And I'm like, yo, we got these songs. I go, they're more melodic, but I'm not sure. You know, people, and he's like, fucking do it. He goes, yeah. who gives a fuck? And he's like, yo, you do it. And he goes, you go for it. If that's what you're feeling. You go for it. And you know what happens if you put it out and, and you know, and something doesn't go boom, you come back and you hit them back with some look, we could still do this shit. And you hit them back with a little something. And I go, you know what? Where I'm overthinking it. And for me, it was the best recording and experiences I've ever had with the band as a musician, you know, putting songs together, being in the studio and just not being stressed, but more like, yo, let's make music. Let's have a good time. Let's yeah. feel good and let's make music. And that and, seems um, to me like always, you know, watching you guys from, from, you know, from outside, that's who you guys, I know you guys have a lot of musicality and I know Freddie's got a lot more yeah. to him musically than what he might present in Madball. Although, you know, you guys, I've seen you play festivals. I've seen you play clubs. It's always super strong, yeah. super confident, gets people going um, like that's intact. But I know that there's a lot of subtlety and I know that, that, you know, it just comes through as yeah. a musician. I know you guys have a lot to you and what you guys put into it. And I think like, you know, to, to what Lars is, was saying is like, 
don't know. It's just going to bug you, man. If you don't, if you don't yeah. like, it's just going to bug you and you're just going to keep doing the same shit. Only it won't be as great as the first time you did it. And if you don't take those risks, you'll get bored and you get sick of it. And you're just like holding on to, to shit. Yeah. And, and you know, as a person, like, like sure. when you find yourself holding on to something like that, it's just like kind of shitty. Cause you, it, it shows fear. It shows. Um, yeah. No, it's bad. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's like a cancer. It, it builds up in you and it, and it hurts something. Cause it's yeah. something that you got to get out, especially musicians understand. That. And that's what happened for me. It yeah. took fucking 30 years for it to come out, but it got to the point where, that's all right. You know what I mean? You know. And, and and music doesn't have to, Oh, I like, I think it's great when you're just in a chill place and just like, yeah, I'm totally in balance with what I want to do and what yeah. I'm putting out. But oftentimes I'm not, you know? Yeah. And so it's fucking annoying, but you have to do something about it. Cause it just keeps coming back. Yeah. Let me ask you dying alone. Who came up with that track? Um, that was, I think that groove is, yeah, that I came with. Yeah, that that's a bad track. Um, yeah. It's just again what I love. What are you thinking when you thinking grooves? Because I know what I think of grooves. Like not. So when I'm thinking of a groove, I'm kind of I'm always got again Sabbath in my head. Like okay, it got it. It got a swing like Sabbath. Yeah, you know, or and I'm like, or because. You, you, again, there's certain bands that do it. Rage could do it where they yeah. could make something groove, make it sound hard, but it ain't the typical hard bar chord riff, you know, juk, juk, and, and give it a flavor. Like, what are you thinking? Are you thinking I'm going to make a groove part? I'm going to make a funky part. Like, what's your thought on those type of riffs? I just I have to walk back what I just said, because I came with that riff, that jung, 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 but I yeah. think what you what you're speaking to is what Sergio and Alan did underneath that riff. Uh-huh. Because like Sergio's doing, you know, now we're in like music talk. That's all right. Like, Cause that's what they, we, that's what we all about. All right. So cool. Fuckers cool. got to deal with it. Yeah. So, um, so Sergio's playing this kind of like boo-doo-doo-doo kind of like Egyptian kind of like watery riff underneath that. And, and Alan's just, Alan's just got a nice touch. Our drummer and yeah. yet he can really lay down these kind of like bottom sounding. Yes, riffs he plays straight through and you guys are doing the funk. Sergio's playing and you're playing yeah. the choppy. So you got you got these three different yeah. voices that are all like you don't as a listener, you're just hearing it as one thing. Yeah, but they're you all we're all singing our own. We're, we're singing the same song, but from different angles. And so I think that creates that there's a sort of like river flowing kind of vibe to it. The swamp. That's what that specific yeah. song remind me that, yeah. you know, you got yeah. that, that, that little, that's that swampy push and pull. Yeah. Is that sludge. There's a little mud in there. You know yes. what I mean? And, um, yeah. and that's the shit that mad boy used. But obviously when we're doing faster songs, I mm. always try to bring it. My concept is we're pulling the carpet out from under you. You know, that's yeah. how I wanted to, to, to feel. I don't want nothing to sound rigid. I want it to be like this. That's why yeah. I like quicksand. Quicksand had that. And what I liked also what you what you did, what I what I do also. And I don't know if you got it from the Sabbath influence is you guys do those riffs where you let the drums breathe. You know, you'd be like, you know, where you let these little that's my whole shit, you know, and that's a big um sabbath does that a lot and um 
do, yeah. And I think when you have, when you're playing, not every band has a fucking sick drummer. Not yeah. every great band has great musicians in it necessarily. That's but as, as a songwriter, I'm very aware that if I just listen to those dudes and I don't like force the song on them and just let some space happen, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's an easy uh, win. Yeah. You just yeah. put numbers up on the board there. It's just like, listen, listen to this dude play a groove. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. And that's what I like. Again, you know, those concepts, you get the kind, you make shit um, um, swing by, you know, um, like he would, he has it again. He plays straight through. And then yep. the guitar riffs are changing though. And then the yes. bass line is doing a bass line and it, it just works. It's hypnotizing. Yes. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think, I think that that's, so like when I said I came with the riff, the riff is cool. I think it could just work as a, that riff, but what makes it something really kind of special. And I think where we're talking about it is like, because of, of that chemistry and that sense of like, where do I fit in the song? And, you know, I have some, like, as the singer, I have a little bit more shot calling ability to say like, all right, you just chill now. Yeah. And this happens, you know, but the essentials are within that, that mix, you know? Yeah, no, but that's, I've learned that later, like adding textures to, to making, you know, you could play, you know, a song could be one riff and not sound like one riff if you dress mm -hmm. it up the right way. If you layer yes. it in ways, if you do that exactly, you chop it up and you bring the intro of the bass and let the drums breathe a little and then you come in. I've learned that later, you know, and it's from that bands like that. Is the coolest shit is be, you know, it's a sort of like, and I've struggled to just like, because I think because of hardcore in some ways, like as much as we say great things about hardcore, it also fucks you up to some degree because I'm always thinking like, we got to get to the next thing. We got to do the next thing. Yeah, rush. You know what I mean? Like you rush to like, we've only, we can only do fucking the fast part for like, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seconds before yeah. we got to get to the next thing that's going to make, you know, pull the rug under them. Yeah. So if you have patience, you know, which I think some, some people that I've met over the years, and you can just hear that one thing go and make something go for like three minutes, four minutes, which is like one kind of thing. I think people respond to that. So that's kind of like where I want to like, um, I try to like exist more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. That shit's like, um, this I'm too impatient. I'm I know. I, I, I got that habit too. I have another band that I'm doing. It's, and again, a band that I had to get up get off my chest and I, I'm going to be dropping that, you know, hopefully later this year. And it's cool. um, not a hardcore band, but it's on some, if ACDC broke down in Corona Queens and we recorded in my basement, you know, Great. it's like ACDC riffs with James Brown drums. It's dope, but I wouldn't yeah. been able to do that. Nowadays I hear what everybody else is doing and it, and it makes, you know, I'm like, yo, it could be done. That's why yes. I, again, I'm nowadays it's a free for all. You know what I mean? A hardcore the umbrella is so broad. You know, it's great in that way where, okay, there's less focus on us trying to sound like fucking minor thread or whoever, when yeah. it's like, okay, it's a broader umbrella now. And we do more than just, you know, play at fucking Gilded Sleeves or whatever spot I've never it's, been to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all part yeah. of the history, but you know, it, 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 you know how it is. I think it's like, also when I got into hardcore, I had like, a kind of preconceived idea of like what it was and why I wanted to be there. And that was probably based on 
some like suburbia bullshit movies that I saw yeah. of like what, or, you know, some punk movies, like you have a preconceived idea of like who I'm trying to be here and like what this is. But if you're with it long enough, it starts, you start to realize that it's like, we're just people, you know what I mean? Like, so we have all these broad spectrums, you know what I mean? It's insane to think I'm going to be fucking repo man for the rest of my life and listen yeah. to fucking suicidal tendencies. Like it's not, it's not who any of us are. You know what it is that people don't understand that they're, that especially hardcore, it's a baby compared to rock and roll and all this other shit. And there was no um, um, playbook for you guys. People automatically, when they heard the gorilla biscuits on that set, on that, on the, on the big EP, you know, the, the famous yeah. EP, people thought you guys, as including myself, oh, these guys are huge everywhere. You know, no. and then you realize, no, you guys started popping probably right after that came off. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, but in our, you know, back then, you'd think, oh, forget it. To me, I'm like, oh, you guys, oh, these guys are huge. No, 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 these guys been doing. And then you realize, no, it, it was right on the cutting edge of this thing. And you guys didn't have a playbook. The Roger era didn't have a playbook. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I mean, you know, Roger, or we that we did have the benefit of that playbook. Like, to be honest, AF like, one. those guys like AF and, you know, some of the bands we mentioned, like we were trying to emulate, you know, what AF were doing, what Minor Threat were doing, what these these bands that we came negative approach, uh, these bands that we, you know, came right before us. But I think it's kind of cool, like being this in the second wave of it all in a way because we did have that reference, but we were able to like put our spin on it. And, um, you know, and like when Revelation Records came, like Revelation again was taking inspiration from Discord, from Touch and Go and those record labels. So they had those kind of little blueprint to learn from and to yeah. model itself after. So I think we benefited from that. So, I mean, bands like that were, when I first got into hardcore, like Cause for Alarm or, um, uh, antidote, like even like, you know, well, BC boys is something different, but like uh, urban waste. Yeah. Like when I came into and I got those records, I'm thinking like these fucking guys are huge. Like, yeah, you know, there's something, but meanwhile, oh, yeah. they're kind of like 75 people, but they are huge. In yeah. truth, you know what I mean? Like uh, the records that those guys made resonate today. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, when I, when we were kids, you know, like some fucking old jazz record or something like that, you know, some like fucking guy, like in the Mississippi Delta that mm -hmm. was like giving the pure shit, putting it on, 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 a, on a record, you know, and, and, and that person putting it on the record represented the, the inability of like a whole shitload of people yeah. that were also great that didn't get there. Yeah. And that has a power that like, I think, um, you know, whatever we're glorifying hardcore because that's what we're into. So let's just, yeah, let because, and you know what? It deserves it because, you know, you, you know, we, oh, we both, and a lot of other bands in our world got to do things outside the box and, um, we should be proud and glorify this shit because yeah, that's, okay. the, that's what makes us different than all the rest of these fucking bastards out there. So what am I going to do? Here we are talking. So this is what, this is what I'm saying is that, um, that those, like urban waste um you know cause for alarm the abuse like these bands like new york bands that to me like you know the, their records aren't trading for like hundreds of dollars you know what i mean um but i think big picture like those records are so significant in that they 
created the idea that when like, okay, I came to like hardcore, like I'm fucking, I don't care about fuck society or whatever bullshit idea I had about it, which was coming from a real place. You know what I mean? Like I said, hardcore scene tends to attract people that are fucking nuts that got yeah. problems. And, and, and so I was coming with that, that was real, but my conception of what it was to be punk or something was yeah. kind of like a little bit wacky. Yeah, and yeah, TV shit is what we saw on TV. So it's a bit of a fantasy. So, but Urban Waste, uh, Abuse, obviously Agnostic Front had a, a, a mystique and, and a uh, obviously like something like really powerful about it, but they were truly contextualizing it and, and, and having it where it made sense to me and uh, to where it was like less of an act and more of like what I, what I still find it interesting for, which is like this sort of support group in a way and, and, and through music and communication and, and records and fucking shows and all these different activities, like we're all getting through it, expressing it, coping it, playing a, playing a role in it. And yeah. it functions like this fucking dysfunctional village that has a lot of love in it, you know? It, and, it, and, and, and it's really like that. Like I've been lucky, you know, Madball's been really blessed that we've been in every point of the world. And I mean, from people living in fucking shacks to people living in the middle of, of woods. And we've met people that embrace our movement, us, our, our families that they never met. They seen a picture on and these people give their last meals to us. They offer their houses. It's fucking insane. That's why I'm like, you know, the older I get, the, the more like, you know how it's funny. Like sometimes we find out like, yeah, listen, us, you know, hyping up hardcore. And, and then I, I would say that a lot to myself. And then it got to the point I was like, fuck. I, we're hyping it up because it's that special. It really is. Yeah. That's crazy as it is. This music that's 90% of the humans think is noise and want no part of yet. We could get love from the Congo to the, the fucking Sahara desert to no matter whatever points of the fucking planet. And then not only that, they're going to show you, check you out. They're going to show a picture of you when you were fucking 16 years old. They're going to show you a picture of you when you were 20, a picture of you when you were 30. And you're like, wow, they follow us throughout the years and they grew with us. And you're like, wow, it's like family members I never knew. Yeah. You know, and that's you're a special in, thing. You're in, you're in a chain of people and uh, all these like lived experiences that you have, you know, as many times as, you know, we've traveled to or played New York City or like played in fucking in Berlin or, you know, Japan, all over the world, like, whatever those times that you return over the course of, of your, of your career, like people have met up at those shows. You know what I mean? People have like be like shit that has nothing to do with you or me, but friendships have formed, like businesses have formed, like um, all kinds of activity has, has uh, spun off of that of which like, you know, the great majority we have no fucking idea about, but is meaningful to people's lives. And it's not like we did it. We're just part of part of, of it, part yeah. of this thing. And we are, we, we just got a great spot on stage. You know what I yeah. mean? We get, we just, we just can like, like if I'm watching Mad Ball at a festival, like I paid my dues to where like I can yeah, sit on the spot on stage. That's a good seat. <laughs> exactly. The perks, the perks. But, but you know, it's just like a role that, 
you know, that I'm playing in the big, in the big picture of the whole thing. And yeah. that to me is like, I just, and I, you know, I have friends from all different musical genres and some people don't really give a shit about music in that way anyway, or like w what it's about beyond like, I like the song, I don't like the song, yeah. but um, like to me, I just, you know, I can geek out on that, but I certainly appreciate it. You know what I mean? And, 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 and embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, like we're talking about why hardcore for us, you know, people like we're used to because we grew up in it. And then now we see how other people sometimes consider it like some kid shit. So for us, it's in the uh -huh. back of our heads. Sometimes I think like people think like, uh, you know, some people think it's just some kid shit. It's like, no, we're all grown ups. Now, nah, it yeah. ain't no more just kid shit. There's enough grown ups that are still yeah. with it and around. And like we're saying, doing things and yeah. and 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 um, contributing and and making this thing you know, uh, not making it more legit. It's always been legit, but showing people the, the strength and the community of what we were part of. You That's know what, what I mean? it is. I mean, it's not a musical style. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's not. It's not. I mean, you, you talk about metal. Yes, that's a musical style. Like you can identify it. It has to do with like, you know, fucking chunking out palm mutes, whatever, yeah. six solos. Yes, you can identify metal. Hardcore is not a musical style it's like a fucking lifestyle, lifestyle. yeah it's exactly a lifestyle and that's you know who says it the best is stigma he's like how can you you know it's one thing of course we ain't gonna go to every show we're not stage diving anymore we may not go to any show we may not listen to every demo tape it still doesn't change who you are or what you know what made you and stigma used to be like how do you change something that you're supposed to be like when people like yeah we fell out of hardcore. I understand coming away or we don't go to shows or whatever. But like I said, are, do, would you deny seeing a fucking, you know, an underdog shirt? I would. I still I'll be like, oh, shit. What do you know about underdog? You know, I yeah. to this day, I'm a fucking grown ass man. And I'd get yeah. amped if the kid yeah. is 15 or 50. Yeah. I'd be like, holy shit. You know, you got a fucking, you know, whatever. Killing time. Show, raw deal shirt. What do you know about raw deal? Oh, you know, the real shit. <laughs> you're thinking about 15 different levels of shit that relates to that. Like how, the, how did he get that underdog shirt? I like underdog because I saw them here. You know what, you know, I met, I, when I saw underdog, like that inspired yeah. me. I remember that homie that was into underdog and like yeah. on that. And there's like all this different, there's just all this, like some of it's like, uh, almost like uh, sports, you know what I mean? You're like f collecting baseball cards yeah. or yeah. like, uh, but it's experiences, you know what I mean? And following these different groups of people and, and all that, you know what I mean? I think it appeals on so many different levels, but like, I think what you said before is interesting is to 90, 90% of people, it just sounds like garbage. And I, I would say probably higher than 90%. Sure. I would probably 99.9 or in the, in the points. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm, try, I'm trying to give Harker a little bit more props, but yeah, yeah you're no, right. No, the fact cool. is you're right. <laughs> but that's what's cool. It's like when I when I listened, when I first got into hardcore, what appealed to me because at that time, yes, metal was the other thing. Like I had friends that were into like early on into Metallica. And, uh, you know, there was a thing coming up with metal at that time, like, uh, you know, Slayer in, in, in the early 80s, thrash, where there was new kind of music like thrash. Um, that didn't completely speak to me, just like aesthetically, I just didn't feel it. But when I heard Agnostic Front and it sounded, or like Urban Waste, and it just sounded so fucking shitty. Yeah. And it's like, I want people that are listening to like, 
they, they think they were fucking onto some shit with with like you know hard rock or whatever yeah like i'm gonna play this and it is gonna sound like the fucking worst shit they're not even gonna understand it and i'm gonna be sitting there fucking snapping my fingers yeah, to yeah. it yeah, like that's part of like the appeal yeah. is that you you made it through and that's really like a part of the of appeal of the the you know you go to CBS. I don't know what it was like for you the first time you went to CBS. First time I'm going to CBS. I'm expecting it to be like fucking suburbia. There's gonna be a fight's gonna break out. Yeah. It's gonna be someone's gonna inject me with drugs. It's yeah. gonna be yeah. I was you know, I was nervous too. Kind of like what the fuck? Yeah. It's gonna be be fucking insane. But you get into it like you get in the pit. You have your experience and you leave and you're like fuck. I made it through, man. I'm like bad. yeah, exactly. Like Sunday I'm here again. I'm kind of fucking doing this shit. And and like the music is cracking that code. There's a price of entry to yeah. some degree, you know? Yeah. And it's not like, you know, and there was some hardcore that I knew, like I, I used to hang out with um, with Anthony Cominelli a lot and he was really my guru. The best. To all of us, like me and Siv and, and our little clique, like Anthony was older, was really into music and he would play stuff for me and I just like didn't know it or I didn't like it initially yeah. and feeling like, oh, fuck, man, I got to figure out a way to like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I did. This is important, you know what I mean? Because he's saying like, Anthony's telling me that this is the shit and I want to understand why this is this is the shit and yeah. that's part of it, you know what I mean? And um, so I don't know, it's so many different fucking levels. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you know, that's what, I, that's what I love about hardcore. Like a real hardcore kid gets through the thick skin to the meat of it, you know, cause you gotta, that's what shows you gotta last long enough to break mm -hmm. through that. Like, yeah, like at first I heard, I was like, this is crazy, but something about it, I like it. Let me hear it more to find out what it is I like. That's you biting through the skin. Some people yeah. just want that shit to taste good from jump. They don't know, yeah. you know, they don't want to work for it, you know? And that's why they don't appreciate it. They'll they'll leave like that. Yeah. Cause they don't, they, have, they didn't have to work for it. But yes. that's why, that's why I love the hardcore mentality. And like what we were talking about before and what I was really glad about of where things are going is what we talked about, like one, a lot of the guys, not a lot, but there's still a bunch of us still doing music guys, yeah. you know, carrying the torch, even doing new music. But as long as we do music, that spirit of the, our, the scene is alive, like it or not. And so yeah. I love that. And we're also doing different things. I got the, the podcast. People got podcasts. People are, are doing clothing lines. We got that. And you got the show. Yeah. And I, I, I learned about the show not too long ago. I've been hearing about it, but I wasn't sure what it was because I know Vans would do shows yeah. and like, like uh, uh, you know, shows where like bands would play. And I wasn't sure if it was a live show or what. And then it's like a talk show, right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a talk show. I, I saw one of them, but you let everybody know exactly what, you know, what, what you're doing with that. And how did it come up? That's what I was wondering. How did that whole concept come up? So... Um, yeah, so the show is really, uh, it's cool. They wanted to do, Vans wanted to create, um, you know, and we were talking about, you know, in COVID, you know, trying to like keep people, keep people connected, yeah. interested in shit. So they um, wanted to make this like, um, yeah, cable access kind of show. So they wanted me to do one focused on hardcore. And so I, I kind of have like, a kind of somewhere between like Eric Andre kind of yeah. Wayne's world kind of, you know, uh, what I remember of like cable access when I, you know, coming up and uh, it's great, man, because I really, you know, kind of speaking to what you were saying before, like I have my like hardcore glory era of like the shit that I got into 
the bands that I became friends with, and I know their music because we're friends, but there was a time where I ceased to be one actively checking out what's happening. And this shit's always moving. Yeah, of course. So my first thing was like, okay, I'm gonna do this show about hardcore. That's cool. I, I feel confident that I can pull that off, but I don't really, I'm kind of like, people that are really following hardcore are gonna know that I'm, I'm not- out of the mix. Yeah, I, I'm out of the mix. Yeah. I've just been really diving in deep to the mix, not saying that I know everything I'm learning. Yeah, you're, but you're catching the, up. That's the journey. And, and it's like cool coming in with like kind of fresh ears. And um, because I still connect to that energy, even on kids that are like, were definitely not alive when I did that Gorilla Biscuit EP, but they're taking that structure, you know, that like I was saying, like kind of AF presented that structure and I filled it in with my own kind of whatever spin on it. Yep. Like kids are doing that now from shit that like I'm familiar with and from sources that I have no idea about yeah. from some band that was happening in the 2000s that I just never listened to. Exactly, yeah. And they're fucking into, and so I'm like, I'm just really digging on the energy and that it's fresh to me again is cool. And I'm meeting just kind of up and comers, which I'm yeah. really- it's, it's funny you said because I just got this. So this reaching out. This is a no, new sure. band. You know what's up? It's dope, man. I have the same. Yeah, yeah. Beto used to. He was my, my boy. He was in my first band. This is his son plays in this band, and this is something I wanted to say that you you basically hit on the nose with that whole shit. More than ever, this new batch of kids. I'm feeling their energy more than oh, yes. than energy, maybe not taken away from any bands ten years ago, but this new batch of uh, of energy. I'm feeling it like that. And that's why I'm I'm back. Not that I never was not rooting for them, but now I'm more in the front. Like, yo, you know, I, 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 I pushing these bands, you know, one obviously for the scene, but like, I like the energy. It reminds me of how, how much I loved it. You know what I mean? Getting back to the roots and let's go make it happen. Let's I get in there. To it, man, I relate to it. And, um, which is, which is fucking cool. And it's exciting. And uh, yeah, I had uh, Rupa from reaching out on the show. Yeah, he's he's eighteen years old. Like amazing, the best. That, like, that's like our ages. That's, that's it. What, Fifteen, eighteen. You should be like no older or younger. You should. That's when you should start a band. Fifteen that's and eighteen. Prime. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like knowing that that I have a connection to that. You know, at, at, at you know my age, um, and that it's it's you know like you said, hardcore is a baby. Like. That's, we have to, yeah. you know, from my point of view, embrace that part of it. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we gotta like, kind of um, reach out. Yes. We can't, we can't just like, Gorilla Biscuits is playing these festivals and we're kind of like showing up and we're kind of like, you know, here we are from the eighties and we're yeah. doing this thing. I mean, I feel it's beautiful because we bring people together. Yeah. I'm seeing we bring people together from all these different generations. And I think that's so key Yes. to what you and what we do. And I see at Madball shows, there's kids in a Madball. Yeah. Like they relate to it. And for being in our position where we do have that cross-generational appeal, like we gotta- It's I, our I job. We gotta be into it. And 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 that yeah. makes it the whole thing stronger. And it's fun, dude. The kids are making, there was a time where it's like, oh, no one's making good hardcore anymore. Cause I, I saw this band and I yeah. saw that band and no one will ever be as good as Raw Deal and fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I know that that same It's not shit. a good, you know, every, you're entitled to feel that way. Like your time was the only time. 
but I, you know, we all secretly know that's not how it works. Really. Exactly. You, cause we learn to look for the essence of shit. We see the heart in the people. We see how passionate they are and what they would do to get their music out is the same things we would have done. That's what makes us appreciate a band more from being in a band. And also I'm glad the errors we came up from when again, I'm, I'm not one of these older guys that shits on the new guys, but it's, easier to start something and get it known right yeah. to get the ball rolling nowadays back then i personally would walk up and down cbgb's with my demo tape five dollars five songs this is the hardest shit out that was my line and i had that since i was 15 16 years old because i had a hustle i wanted people to hear the demo i double cassette decks every night before school you know, the Abra, you know the whole fucking thing you had a hustle now i could drop a song i could record the song on this computer right now drop it give it a website design the cover yeah. have it uploaded in hours i think it's i think that's true like i think in many ways it's easier but the other side of it that i'm that uh i would say to it is like how do you then break out of the pack like when you were had that demo at cbs there, you were yes. competing with probably like eight other bands in New York yeah, hell at yeah. the same time. So you're going to competition of eight. You're probably going to, chances are, you're going to be at least in the four. Exactly, yeah. So yeah you got yeah. a good shot of being in the, the top four. Hell yeah. And then you just got to break from that to get, but nowadays like, okay, yeah, we can make a demo and do all the things that you mentioned. True. But now we're competing with like 50,000. Uh, yeah, bands. you got to, you got to stick out for sure. That's but, why the one thing now I'm glad about is, um, you know, all these platforms we got to to basically showcase to give more shine like this podcast. I keep this for one, the art of talking shit and connecting with, you know, friends and people. And also it keeps the brand alive. This it helps feed the scene and yeah. investing in the scene. And also like what you're doing, you know, um, it's with, with the show. Um, We need things like that in this, these platforms so they could be the next level of platform where something could be put on like the AF um, documentary be put on Showtime. Who would ever think Roger and Stigma would be on Showtime in, in such a beautiful fucking picture where every, you know, normal, normal people watch it on Showtime. You know, you got a, a show and people are looking, it's getting treated like, okay, wow, a show, they have a band play. It's like a talk show. Wow. And our world, the real people from our world, not a guy that gave a mohawk, a studded necklace and they go, okay, you know, fake the funk. You know, it's legit. The same thing with the podcast and, you know, the live streams of people in our world taking things to the next level. And that's what we got to do. That's why I got amped that more podcasts are coming up from other guys that, you know, that said, yo, if you got a voice and fuck it, throw it out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, why not? And seeing the other platforms like the show you got and like um, the Hardcore Chronicles, which Drew does the live show. That show's you great. It's amazing. And these are the things I'm doing. That's why same thing with me. I'm dropping. Um, I, this is I'm putting out and I also have a YouTube channel and I'm taking not talk show format, but I'm putting content up with more visuals where we'll yeah. do a little segment. Like one day I want to get you on. I, I got a segment where we're going to start doing segments like um, what's in that case. You know, we go to guitar cases, what's in there and we go oh, to equipment and shit like that. And we'll do little stuff like that. And I'm just trying to have fun with it and you know, and, and show people more angles than just, you know, um, what was your favorite hardcore band and, you know, and yeah, that, you know, kind of stuff and try to show like, you know, what, what we into because a lot of these kids also want to know these, you know, I wonder what we play, what we you know they tour, what do they eat, what do they wear, what do they take yeah. with them, you know, these 
all the fill in the gap kind of things and cool yeah. shit, shit that I think is cool. So yeah, that's a kind of sh- from what we were saying earlier. It's like that's being on stage and playing the song and presenting that whole thing is like a cool aspect of it. It's the loudest, most you know visual, yeah. but all the other shits. If you want to dig into it, it's all it's all interesting and and obviously like doing a podcast, you know, with the show, like, um, you know, it's de- definitely again tapping into your child mind in a way. Like, what what am I interested in? What games yeah. do I want to play with this? And um, making it fun and being creative in a time where like we do have these the, these ability to get shit out. So I, I think that's all yeah. positive. And seeing AF, uh, you know, be seen as in the light that they deserve to be seen in as, as a cultural phenomenon is yeah right on fucking target, dude. That's that, what they are. That's that what shit. I saw that shit. I was in tears. I saw it before I dropped. We were in Europe and I had to play a show 10 minutes later. I yeah. was on stage. I called Roger right away. Yeah. I was just like, Rod, it's the Rogers. I just like, yo, I love you. You know, <laughs> right away. So I was just like, and I, he must've been like, what the fuck's up with this guy? Yeah, yeah. But I was literally shooken up like, it fucked with me in the best way. And I was like, yeah. when I see things again, um, besides being filmed great in the story, again, I root for the scene, anybody in the scene. Yeah. I, if it ain't mad, boy, I don't care. It's like one of us, somebody doing something. I'm like, yo, that's just taking it to the next level. That's why, again, I'm glad you had the show. I'm glad you were able to jump on this. Yeah. And um, when could, how's that work? If people want to follow the, the Vans show, how's that work? Is it a monthly thing, weekly thing? What's Every the plan? Weeks, it's a little bit tricky. You got to uh, you got to tune in to Vans uh, Channel 66 and the show. I'm doing a show this Thursday at 5 p.m. East Coast time. And it's two hours this week. We have a restraining order who are a really dope band, like re- young hardcore band doing great shit. And uh, I've got Sam uh, from triple B records, triple B are putting out a lot of great yep. records. Like they're so, you know, again, like making that connection to, you know, I'm representing like a certain era of hardcore. Yep. I want to know what's up with these guys that are, that are coming up. Oh, yeah. that and kind of make that connection so yeah, you got to tune in live and that's it it's like old-timey tv you know what I yeah mean? no i love it i saw it and you guys got the live bands playing i saw it with outburst so yeah. it's good to see that and oh. again like in the same vein of, of like what drew's doing it's yeah. it's great to see like um, 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 um it's almost like daytime tv for yeah. fucking savages and yeah. i'm like so I'm all for it. You know, keep doing that shit. You know, again, if any weather could catch you, your Instagram, if people could follow you on Instagram and all that good shit. New Direction NYC is the is the Instagram tag. Or if you if you go to my Instagram, it, you can find it. Uh, but um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, you know, really kind of reigniting my heart. I'm going to be pretty I'm going to know a lot about this shit when this yeah. time I get through this show, dude, I'm learning more all the time and I'm listening to great podcasts like yours yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, trying to, to, to reconnect with the community and, and to, uh, and it's all just fucking so much and interesting shit. So many interesting, different perspectives. I'm psyched. And I'm also glad. And I'm, and, 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 and giving you mad props on you, not trying to front that, you know, you, 
fell out of touch with it because some people it's, it happens to some people. They fall a little bit out of touch with things and you're coming back into it with the right mind. Like, yo, I want to know what's cracking. I want to know what's coming from what because life happens and people pull out of it. And then people come up with these crazy stories while they, you know, maybe fell out or lost touch with the scene. You know, um, I'm glad you came out and fucking, you know, your you, you, life went on and you, you, you acknowledge that, hey, I don't know everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, exactly. Okay. And you want to know and and, yeah. you, and you're proving it by the platform. And yeah. that's what we need. And that's what we need. A lot of the more old school people, if any of you guys are listening, stop complaining and talking shit and be about it. Drew was around before everybody. This man right here was behind, around before 90 percent of you motherfuckers. So if we're not complaining, you know what they're doing? What hardcore kids do. We don't destroy. We rebuild. So yeah, for sure, man, and there's a lot, a lot of cool shit out there to check out and you can refresh your whole, uh, it's just interesting, man. It's just, it's just interesting. And like, I think be, being in the, in, you know, I've always been in touch with hardcore. All my, I know all my friends I met at fucking CBGBs more or less, you know, yes. standing out from that, that tree. And, yeah. um, so that's always been with me, but you know, what's going on with music right now the kids that are coming up and the labels and all this stuff that's coming out, it's a, it's just a good time, man. Just yeah. if you if you can stand to listen to hardcore, you it behooves you to, to check out to, to just dip your toes in and see see, see what you, what you might find. I agree, I agree. I'm glad again. I'm glad you I got you on the show. I've been wanting to get you on. A big fan. Last time I saw you, I think we were in Europe or somewhere. Yeah, fucking. Yeah. So hopefully I can fucking we can, next time it'll be at a show. I hope and, so, man. That was such a great show, man. You guys were incredible. Yeah, thank yo. You know what's up, and um, we're gonna do some shit. I got um some ideas. I got another episode later on down the line. I'm gonna do with um the singers, some of my favorite singers of hardcore. So I got a couple of uh, a batch of guys, and I want to throw you in the mix with that. But we'll talk Always later. Down, boy, Always down. We're gonna bug out, but yo, again, one love, everybody. Go check them out everywhere. Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, and a thousand other bands. Go <laughs> check them out on the vans. Um. What's it, Vance? What's the channel? Vance channel 66. Six. New direction. There you go. Everybody tune in and we out. Wedge, 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 wedge.